What is the season to be still? There are times to be busy, times to laugh, times to act, times to play, to be creative, to work, but what's in between? This is the time to be still. In America today, we're constantly occupied. We go from thing to thing every day, not giving ourselves the time to take a breath. We are fulfilled at work, then our extracurriculars. We are entertained by spending breaks watching television, the news, reading, more work. We cook and clean and work out. We're in a constant state of movement. Today, Doreen and I are going to dig into this concept of rest and what it means to be still. This is the Season to Heal podcast hosted by Morgan Cobb and Doreen Hills from the Center of Healing, Trauma, and Attachment. There's a season to hurt. There's a season to cry, there's a season to feel, then a season of joy. This podcast is built on the foundation of this season, a season to heal. We are here to dive in together. All right, so this episode, we are going to be diving into this concept of being still. So Doreen, being from the Philippines, has a different understanding of what it means to be still. Uh, Doreen, can you shed some light on what you've seen and experienced in your own life? Oh, goodness. We're talking about way back the 70s. It's, you know, the stillness, stillness there is different from the Western world. I remember growing up where, you know, siesta, which is also a.k.a. nap time, mm-hmm. is part of it's, it's, it's really funny. It's kind of like part of a, of the school curriculum. And we take naps after our, after our lunch or after our snaps growing up, you know, I was in, I was in elementary and even not much in high school, but elementary years, we practice that. And it's also interesting when I was over there, and I don't know how it is now, but when I was when I was over there, I would see people after you know after their lunch, and we're talking about grown ups that you know will they'll, they'll have an hour lunchtime, and there are picnic you know picnic chairs on the you know on the picnic area, and you could see people taking naps. And I think that is just so cool to have that moment. It can be some people may take between, you know, 10, 15, 30 minute nap. And it's so refreshing to have that. And I think that is considered a self, a mini self-care, but it really refuels your system. And I wish I can see that more in the Western world. And we don't we don't see that a lot. Um, in fact, you know, sadly speaking, I have not been practicing that because I have been so busy. But I think that is stillness. That is stillness. It is a. It's in a very simplistic way, to where you're able to re to reclaim and replenish your your energy back. Right. I wish that we were taking naps here in the Western world. I think that'd be nice to get a little nap in. But I do agree with this concept of. You know, we're always so busy. There's just no time for anything. We have to continue to commit to, 
doing all these activities and working really hard, you know, and a lot of other countries, they do take like two hour lunch breaks. Um, whereas here it's, you quickly go eat your lunch, come back. And so how can stillness, um, be more integrated into our lives? What's that benefit? I think there's so many, so many benefits, um, with regard to incorporating stillness or what I also call replenishing your system, you know, and you wonder to going back to what you're, you're saying something about us not having enough time or even not to some of us, not even choosing to, to take a break. You wonder too, some of the, some of the other countries you would see that in the Philippines, you know, there are so, you know, there are many people that, that ha- they're smiling and you wonder, you know, with regard to replenishing the body, they have that reserve, I call it reserve, whereas here, when we're so busy, we get so depleted and we just feed our depletion by more becoming more and more busy. Right. Going back to, you know, to what you're saying, something about stillness, I think it reaps a lot of a lot of benefits, but the first question is for people that do not do not embrace stillness yet. I think there has to be a buy-in first, and what I mean by that is for people that don't you know don't operate using that kind, or they're they're probably new to that terminology. I think they need to understand the benefit of it and we can do that through educating, you know, through education. What are the benefits of stillness? What are the benefits of self-care in our overall mental health? And three things that I would really want to point out there, want to point out here, and it's very simple benefits. We're able to regulate our emotions. You know, regulation, I look at it as an internal thermometer when we are replenished, when we can, when we have our energy back, when we take care of ourselves, we are happier people. You know, the, the internal thermometer, the internal system, the internal thermometer in our, in, in our body, we need that. We need that rest. The other benefits that the, the other benefit of this is also we move ourselves to wiser brain and what i mean by that is we're able to to concentrate we're able to be attentive we're able to be present at the moment we're able to listen to others and also to us and i think the the last one and there are so many ways to reap benefits from doing this the last one I wanted to point out, it's so simple. When we receive, when we give stillness and self-care to our system, to our body, we are more pleasant people. We are pleasant human beings towards ourselves and towards others. We are able to receive and accept kindness and compassion from within and from outside. So I think it's it's really the stillness is overall very helpful for everyone and it doesn't matter where you came from it doesn't matter what cultural cultural identity or cu- culture you came you come from 
it's overall healthy for you. And and I think this is even prove you know, it's it's proven even way before us, right? You know, I, I wanted to just point this out. Christ, Jesus Christ meditated during his time here. And so it already shows us how powerful that is, that taking care of ourselves through stillness, through silence, through quiet can be very, very helpful. Yeah, that's so true. And even just taking a moment of silence, it doesn't have to be, you know, a 30 minute nap. You could even just take a few minutes from what you're doing, take a deep breath, figure out where you are be still. And then when you go back to um, whatever activity is, if you're at work, when you take that rest and go back, you come back more fully engaged and use that rest to your advantage and that, you know, recuperation. You fill up your tank before you empty it out again versus just running on empty. Absolutely. And and I think the, the catch to this is finding those is what you you already mentioned finding those little moments and some people may benefit or they they would prefer the 30 minutes or even an hour but to some it may be a minute right. you know those little bubbles of space to where okay i am in the midst of busy right now but what do i need right now at this moment do i need to just move my body do i need to stand up do i need to just catch a breath do i need to sip my sip my drink do i need to go get a gum and just chew on it and then i can replenish again again and again stillness and self care is different you know is is different for for everyone right um so how do people find what works for them? I think it is, it goes back to awareness. It goes back to awareness. And what I mean by that is what works for you. Each of us is programmed differently. We are all unique. We are created very special, very unique. And I think it is going back to your awareness. For some people, you know, yoga may be very helpful, but to some people, running may be running and walking may be more helpful than doing yoga. And I think it is going back to what do I need? What does my body need? How can I replenish? How can I reclaim my system back? How can I fuel? How can I gas my my tank again? And so it really depends on on each one of us. There are no right or wrong answers here. It really depends on the body and also the the way a person is wired and the personality and the way they they handle stress. So we have to look at those kinds of components and figure out, be curious and figure out what works best for you. Right. So um, from a more scientific perspective, how can the brain benefit from silence? Oh, my goodness. Our brain is such a sensitive part of our system. And sadly, we have not been taking care of us the way it needs to be. 
So I look at it this way, whatever we feed our brain, it responds to whatever we feed it. If we feed it with extreme amount of busyness and whatever they may be, whatever that may look like, it'll retain and hold, you know, hold that for so long, but then it, it will get, you know, it, it will, um, it will get flooded and will require time to reboot. So I would go back to, you know, I would go back to my earlier um, reminders here when there's, you know, when we're busy, there's got to be the need to be still again. Um, I, I think our brain allows our brain, we need to allow our brain to rest for a moment. Um, when we allow our brain to rest for a moment, it can be 20 seconds, it can be 30 seconds, it can be a minute. We, we know we prefer, we prefer it to be longer than that, than that. When we allow it to take time to pause and slow down, it gives our brain an opportunity to organize and file information, process our thoughts and our feelings, allowing us to slow down. And then it turns, you know, we'll be able to calm, calm back, you know, calm our system down and go back to that homeostasis to where we become more curious again and hopefully make better decisions and choices. So we, we do not, you know, we, we do not take a lot of time, we, a lot of time or even we take our brain for granted. We need to, I think all of us, we need to pay attention to know and to understand that the brain is very sensitive. So whatever we feed, it will, it will, um, it will take it, but how long, you know, how long will it, will it take the stress? Because at one point it will, it will get depleted. And so we need to pay attention to, you know, to the brain system. Right. So in in sleep, too, that is a time of silence where the brain gets to completely turn off and kind of replenish. And I think you have some more ideas on this, but that's part of that taking a nap or even at nights when we go to bed, it's very beneficial for our brain. It is. And I think there's a, now this is just my personal experience. I think there's a healing component of what sleep, what stillness, what silence can do for our brain. Now, this is just this is just my personal experience. One is when when we have wounds. So, you know, couple couple weeks ago, I you know, I was talking and next thing you know, I chew my gum. I mean, or my, you know, it, it was just it my cheek actually not gum, my cheek. And it it was so painful. I it really bothered me. But then the following day, when I had that, when I slept that night, the following day, it's no longer bothering me. It actually healed about seventy percent. And so it it shows to us that there's a there's a physical healing component of what sleep can do for the brain. And then I think it's also so it's. I think this is so cool. Um, when we have that silence through sleep, you know, we're able to organize organize the things in our mind, and it may be in the form of a dream. It's kind of like imagining the imagining your brain as a big, long filing cabinet, 
And in that filing cabinet, maybe it was very chaotic that day, or maybe you just had a bad, bad day. It was not filed accordingly. The letters, you know, the file folders are not, are not uh, filed accordingly. But when we sleep, you know, when we have that silence, when we, when we have that stillness, I believe, now this is personal, my personal experience, I believe that the brain, those filing folders get organized during that moment. And it can be in a form of a dream. So it is really important to incorporate stillness, silence, and in our in our lives. I think that's that's very very important. Right. So why do you think people stay so busy? That's a very good very good question. I think the I, I wanted to just point the, you know point out there's really not for me. I think there's nothing wrong being being busy. I think the question is, are we productively and mindfully busy or are we mindless busy? So what I mean by productively and mindfully busy, are we aware of the present moment? Are we aware that at the end of the day, what we produce is meaningful and purposeful? And mindless busy for me is that floundering, kind of like you're doing you're you're doing something without any care or thought or cost. So I actually came up with three, maybe three and four, three to four things that okay, why why do we get, you know, why do we why do we get so busy? Why do we stay busy? The first one that I think is to have that life fulfillment. You know, all of us it doesn't matter how old we are. Mostly, you know, when when we're older, we desire purpose and meaning. You know, we desire seeing the product of our work. We're happy when we see things, good things happening. The, there's a quality in our work, and I think that is that mindful busyness. And at you know, at the end of the day, you can look at it and say, "Wow, I that was good," and you're able to rest. Now, there's other things that I think why we stay busy, and I've experienced some of the other ones too. The second, you know, the the one that I want to point out is we just try to keep keep up with the demands of the world. We live in a very busy, we live in a very busy world, but at the same time, do we do we keep it so busy? You know, there's there's a do we keep keep it so busy to the point like, you know, we get drowned by that demands that we you know, some of some of them may be created created by us. Right. Um, maybe there's so many tos. That could even go back to um the Philippines too and how you know, maybe it's a part of us being in our Western world, we create so much of this complexity whereas you know they could be so happy in the philippines and be living a more simpler life exactly and some of that is purpose driven you know we what what is this busy is this a choice that we're making is this busy the intention of that is to drown ourselves so we forget something or we avoid something and in fact sometimes too busy can be a trauma, can be a, can be a trauma response. 
you know, you're trying to avoid things. You're trying to uh, drown yourself for, from doing some for doing something. In that way, you do not want to remember something, something that ha- something that happened that's very painful for you. So some of some of the busy that we have, maybe you know, maybe done, maybe purposefully done by us, and we we get drowned. We drown ourselves from from business through work. Not only not only work though, through work, but also personal commitment, and also how much we put media, the social media, in our lives, um, and that can be a risk for burnout. And the third one that I I want to point out too is some of us are just ingrained to ingrained in our internal system about you know some some of us are ingrained to to just do it maybe that's the only thing we know how maybe our family are very workaholic you know they're driven to get themselves busy busy and that's busy 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 and that's the only way we know how to to operate and the reality is there is if there's busy there's also time for stillness so I think it's most what my point on the third one is, you know, it, it's influenced by grown ups too, by the people that, you know, that raise us, by our caregivers. If they're too busy because that's how their life is, that's that's what we know. So those are the three things I believe, you know, why people are, you know, why people get so busy. All right. So from a mental health professional's perspective, what are those repercussions of staying so busy? I think I want to reiterate again, you know, there's nothing wrong with being busy. The question is, within our business, do we have moments of stillness to replenish our needs? Um, If we are in constant, mindless, busy, we are doing harm on ourselves and to the people we serve. I believe our profession is at uh, really a big risk for isolation. And if we do not take care of us, we are at high risk for burnout. And, you know, burnout is, you know, the definition of burnout is the demands of more than the means and also secondary trauma. So when we are constantly doing mindless busyness in our work, we are no longer present with our people. And what that looked like is we are no longer listening to them. We become more of driven to fix. And that's not what counseling, that's not what mental health is all about. It is a collaboration between the provider and the client. And so I think we need to pay attention, making sure that on those, in the moments of busyness, we need to find bubbles, kind of like, you know, bubbles of stillness, bubbles of self-care. And that can be done by, you know, taking taking a deep breath, moving your body again, kind of like, you know, smelling smelling essential oil. And it doesn't have to be, a long, a long enduring process. It can be just bubbles of moments to where we need to replenish because I know we get so busy, but it is very important to do that. So we become, we are helpful versus harmful. That's definitely very important. 
especially for the people that are trying to take care of us to experience that rest and be the best versions of themselves in order to work with that clientele. It is. And I think it's also genuineness. You know, we, we at the mental health, at the mental health field, we always promote, we advocate for self-care. We advocate for mental and emotional wellness. It needs to start with us. We cannot expect our clients to do that if we don't do that for ourselves. And again, I look at counseling, I look at the mental health profession as we are the engine. And if we do not replenish our engine with water and with, you know, with with the, the basic needs, then we are not doing what's supposed to to, to to take care of our people. So we have to be mindful. We have to be intentional in taking care of ourselves. And in the beginning, it may feel awkward, especially for professionals that are so new to this or they're so ingrained in their system that busyness is the only way. We need to be intentional and it may take a while. But again, we cannot expect people to take care of themselves if we cannot take care of us. Right. All right. So that's all we have today. Um, thank everyone for listening. And thank you, Doreen, for giving us your insight. Thank you so much. And have a great day, everyone. Please find our website at www.chtainc.org, our Instagram at chta.inc, Facebook and LinkedIn under Center for Healing Trauma and Attachment. Please call us at 970-397-4609 or email at Doreen underscore Hills at yahoo.com if you have any questions. Thank you for listening and please donate, subscribe, or share so we can continue helping those in need heal.